Today's daf is daf Samachay. We're beginning at the Mishnah at the bottom of Samach Dalit Amid Beis. Now this Mishnah seems to be completely tangential, has nothing to do with Masechah's Nazir. The only reason it's actually being brought in is because we had the phrase before that there's a, like a legal presumption, where you have a presumptive state when a person goes into the mikvah and for a Tumas Mace, and then you found out about Tumas Tahom, that Tumas Tahom, the leniency doesn't apply because his body's already in a situation of Tumas Mace, as opposed to when he's coming in with a Cheskas Tahara, that's when you have the din of Tumas Tahom, the leniency applies. So the idea of legal presumption, which was, the expression was, you have legs on which to stand, was the expression used there. So now we bring a couple Mishnahs to finish off the Masechta that uses the same terminology, even though it really has no connection whatsoever with the laws of Nazir. Okay. Now, the uh, just as an introduction to the upcoming Mishnah, this is really in Meseches Baba Basra, we'll get into this extensively, but there is a halacha that if you come across a corpse, you come across a body, and the question is, should I move that body to an existing uh, base aquarius, or do I have to leave him there. So this is not so, not a simple shaila. There's a kabbalistically. There's all kinds of things about when you move a body, then the body, then the person has to go through the the the, the, the din and shemayim another time. I mean, it's not a simple. On the other hand, there is a kavod mace, There's an obligation. You want to put the ba- the body in an in a basic forest. But the question you need to ask yourself is: Well, maybe where the body is now was originally a basic forest, but we just over the years, we don't know. It could have been hundreds of years ago, but when it was planted, when the, when the body was buried, it was already in an existing base aquarius. So what you look for is patterns to determine if the body is buried. A, you have to determine that it's a Jew. Right? There were different ways at the time where Jews and non-Jews buried. So that's one way of looking. And also the formation of how the body is buried gives us an indication as to whether or not this was a Beis HaKvaros, was this an existing cemetery, and therefore you would not be allowed to move the body under that circumstance. So that's what's needed to be determined over here. So we're going to see, let's, let's, let's start the, the, the Mishnah and then we'll get into it. So Zabdele Mishnah, Amotzi Meis, if a person finds a body, now it's Batchilo, Batchilo means is, this wasn't an, an existing known grave. Obviously it's an existing known grave for the last 50 years, we know that a body was buried there. Indications are why are we so aware of it? Because it was an existing cemetery. But this was for the first time. Batchila means we didn't never knew there was a body there and we found it. Now, Mushkav Kedarko. It is lying in the appropriate way. They used to bury, I believe it was face up, hands crossed over the body. That's the way they used to bury back then, which is indication that this was a, a Jew that was buried, all right? Note low the est fusoso. So there you have an obligation. Since it's only one, we're going to say, if it's only one body, we do not have to assume that it was in a place where there was a cemetery. So you can remove it, but there's a special aloch or moshmi sinai, that the tfusa, the tfusa is the surrounding dirt where some of the uh, fluids from the body might have seeped into have to be removed together with the body itself. Right. Shnayim, if you found two such bodies, also two itself does not 
established that this is a cemetery. So also note, Lan, you, 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 you inter, you remove them to an existing base aquarius, Vespasos, and together with the surrounding earth around them. Matzah Shlosha, but when you find three, so now, that already three is a chazaka. Three already has an assumption that it's a cemetery. Let's take a look at the pattern. Now, in order to look at this, I don't have it here, but if you have the art scroll, you take a look. If you do, you could, I, I, basically, they used to, the way they used to bury is, they used to bury in these uh, underground uh, caves. And what they would do is they would dig out a, 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 an area that was uh, eight by eight, eight length and four across width. Right? So it was like a ches. The entrance is on the, where you come in, and then you have two walls, opposite walls of eight, uh, amas long, and then a, a back wall of four. And they would build what is called a kuch. Kuch are like, like these little tombs into the, uh, into the walls, and they would slide the body feet first into these tombs. I believe it was feet first into these tombs. Now, here the question is the pattern of how these bodies are buried will determine is this possibly a catacomb, a, 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 a labyrinth of graves that was uh, from a cemetery or not. So if you found these three bodies, they're either within four amis or eight amis, which either could be the back wall or the two side walls. So if you find them in such a way next to each other or spaced in such a way that could either be part of a side wall or part of a back wall, so then you have already established that there's a good chance that this was part of a uh, a, 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 a cemetery that is that, 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 that planned in such a way. So therefore, in Yez Bein Zelazem Idalat Amas, between the three bodies, that's either over a distance of four Amas, Vachmona, up to eight Amas, so then Harezo Shkunas Kvarim, this is now a burial zone. This has been established as a burial zone, and now you have a dip, different problem on your hands. Because if there is these bodies buried here in a burial zone, what's the problem? Then the surrounding area is also might be a, 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 a cemetery, and then there's all halachas about how to deal in terms of Tum and Tahara with the rest of it. So you have to do some checking. So what do we do? Now, if you take a look, the way that these, uh, these, these caves used to be uh, 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 established is that they would have uh, the four by eight on one side, then there was a, a area in the middle which was six by six, which they didn't bury in, but that's like where they used to use to uh, as, a, as an entrance to the caves. And then on the other side, all the way on the other side, again there was an eight by six area, four by eight. A, eight by four. I'm sorry, an eight by four, four by eight area on the other side. And again, mimicking the same thing that was done on the one side was done on the other side. Now. The, you found you found these three graves, these three kuchs. Now it's they they could be the side wall or they could be the back wall. So what do you have to determine? What you have to do is you have to go twenty amas. So actually, technically, we'll see. You should really go twenty-two amas because twenty-two amas will take you either from if it's from a one one back wall, it'll take you all the way to the back wall of the other side and if it is a side wall alright 
then it'll take you to also to the uh, it'll take you all the way from the side wall let's figure this out so then you do 20 amas eight, eight it would be uh, that's 4 by 8 I don't know how much the each body section is then again, I don't think that the main, main chamber is four by eight. The main right. chamber is four, four by eight. Right. So now, the only question right now is, you have to go twenty amas in every direction that it's possible that you'll find another. Because you don't know if the one on the left or the right is actually really the one on the end. Yeah, it could be a back wall. Or it could be a side wall. So you have to go now. Really, technically, uh, the Rosh points out it should be twenty-two amas, not twenty amas. Because if it's... Rabbi, the 8% plus 6 is your 22. That's what I just said. It should be 22 amas, not 20 amas. So what the, the rush brings down from, 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 from the rush, I think it's the rush bomb in, 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 in Baba Basra, which discussed, is that they were infants. And infants, instead of being uh, 8 by 6, was 6 by 6. So therefore, but you only can assume that the, the grave you found was that, that, that cave was infants. Doesn't mean the one you're going to is also going to be. So then you're allowed six on this one, six in the middle, but you still have to do the eight on the other side. That's how you get to the number of 20. But bottom line is you have to establish in all directions that we do not have other graves that are buried there. So now, let's keep going. So now, Bodek, you check. Hemeno Belahalan, from these, the, these three that you found, Right, whether that might be the side wall or back wall, you have to go in every direction. Esrin Amma, you go twenty Amas, right, to assume to ensure that there is no other back wall that you're going to find. If it's the back wall, that's going to be over there. Now, Matzah Echad Besov Esrin Amma. Let's say you only you did it, and at the end of the twenty Amas, you found another grave, but you only found one. Now, normally, if that was a standalone one. What would be the halacha? You can remove it with the two oh, one, one on its oh, own, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But here you found one. But here you cannot assume that you have the standalone halacha of one because it's predicated on having found the first three, and that's the idea. So here you already created a presumption that you're dealing with a cemetery. So even the one is going to create a problem that you have to leave it there, you cannot remove it, and you have to deal with that area as a cemetery, because if the measurement was coming from a place where you found three. That's the point that it's making over here. So therefore, even you found the Matzah Echad, the Sof Esrimama, and from that one now, you now have to do the 20 Amis in the directions where it could be the, the, the back of the side wall. Why I only want only one? Because because there is a presumption that that one itself is a problem. What created the presumption that that one itself is a problem and therefore it cannot be moved and you have to measure 20 amas from that one is because it's predicated on the fact that you first found three. Right? So therefore, because if it would have been a standalone one, what would the din have been? Not that it was, you would be able to remove it with the surrounding dirt. But you cannot do that now because the presumption is that this is part of an extensive cemetery because it was measured from the three that you first found. That's the point that's being made over here. Let's go on. Now, the uh, Rabbi Yehuda is reading the words of the Tana. Each of the the, the the words of the Tana is reading in a way that it's teaching us specific halachas for for these for, for this case. All right. Again, okay, this is a, 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 a it's in Baba Basra. It's in Ahalos. 
Okay, the, the, this Mishnah. I'm Rabbi Yehuda, Matzah. It says like this, right? Matzah is, you found it. You found it now. Pratlan Matsui means it's not talking about something that you knew existed from before, that was known to be there. Why? Because if something was known for, for, for decades that there is a cemetery, there's a grave there, then you wouldn't be allowed to move that body. Why wouldn't you be allowed to move that body? A because single body. A, even a single body. Because the fact that it was known is, a, is ind- indicative that this was planned with forethought and, plan- and, and that would therefore you cannot assume that it's only one you can move it. Alright? Now, mace, it says, motzi mace, what of the dead body? Prat laharug. It can't be that the person, person had to die, it had indications are that he died from a natural death or, but not that he was murdered. And the rush says why? Because the halacha is that if the person was murdered, then we can assume that the blood and, and that, 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 was, that he was buried with, he, was, he had already lost a lot of the blood. It wasn't a natural death. Therefore, if he lost a lot of the blood, the halacha is that you have to gather all the surrounding dirt. Halacha Moshe Messina is only if the body is intact. But if the person was murdered, we don't assume the body was intact. And if we don't assume the body is intact, you can move it without worrying about the surrounding dirt. That's halacha Moshe Messina. Okay? Now, Mushkav, he has to be lying in a normal way. Alright? So what does it mean? Pratliyosha, as opposed to sitting. I believe even the Arabs today, they bury sitting up. But Jews don't bury sitting up. Jews, if he's lying, it's a sign, right? Now, Kedarko, in a normal fashion, what does it mean in a normal fashion? Pratliyosha, Munach, Bein, Yerchosov. That to exclude that even if he's not sitting, but if he's lying, but his head is between his thighs. What I mean, like in a fetal, I think it means like in a fetal position. Like head between you, meaning that Jews don't bury that way. I guess there were people that buried in a fetal position. If this person's died buried in a fetal position, meaning his head between, that's a sign that it would not be, it was not a, a Jewish birth, a, a Jewish uh, a grave. Tani Ula Barachanino. Ula Barachanino taught the following brisa. Meis Shechoser, if you have a corpse, but it has pieces that are missing, Again, that halacha must be seen that you have to remove it with the surrounding dirt. Does not apply because that's only if the body was intact with all its pieces when it was buried. Now, and not only that, if it, you don't count it, again, the, the Rashbam and Babash, these are all Allah Sinai's, they don't, it is, there's not necessarily rhyme or reason for them. Shkunas Kvaras means you don't count it as one of the three to establish that there is a cemetery, that this is a funeral, so you came across a body, it's got an arm missing, it can be moved. Don't have to worry about the dirt, and you can't, you don't count this as number one of the three that would turn the area into a burial site. V'chol hani my time loy. Now, why is it in the case where he's lying uh, on his, uh, he's not lying on his back and, he, uh, and he's uh, not long, uh, and he's sitting up or he's uh, with the head between his thighs? Why are those cases not considered to be uh, 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 that we don't we don't take those cases into account? What does that mean? He says, because because perhaps, over here the perhaps is a little stronger than perhaps, means we assume that it is an Ovid Kuchavim, and if it's an Ovid Kuchavim, then it does not create a problem of a burial site, and, uh, and it does not, also the other halachas of you, you can remove it, but, but you don't, you have to remove the earth dirt around it, none of those halachas will apply either. Now, the, we're going to go with the Girsi, I believe, of the Rosh, 
But let's let's go through this. Let's say you found two bodies, but they buried head to toe. Meaning the head of one, they were not buried all in the same direction. One's head was by the other one's foot. Okay? So, uh, so therefore, so therefore, one's head is by the other one's feet. Alright? They can be moved, and you don't have to worry about removing the dirt with them. You don't have to remove the dirt. And you don't count them to the number of three to turn the area into a burial site. Because again, that's not the way Jews bury. We don't have to assume that they were Jewish corpses. Let's say you found three. And let's say they all buried in the right direction. Now, again, the, the logic over here, the Rashbam says he doesn't understand this at all. He can only assume that it is Aloha Moshe Misina. But what's the case? You found three next to each other, but Echad Yadua B'Shnaim Tchilo. One of them was known to be there for many years. The other two we just found for the first time. Alright? Oh, uh, the Girsa should be over here. Oh, it should be Echad Tchilo. One of them was found now. The Shnaim Yaduim and two were known to be there for many years. Actually, the Gersley here makes more sense. It's means you, you, you move them, but when you move them, you have to assume that they're Jewish, uh, uh, and, and you have to worry about the dirt surroundings. It changes the ain over here to you. But this is what the difficult part of here is. But it doesn't establish a burial zone. Now, why shouldn't it establish a burial zone? The Rajbam says, even one that's from before. We have to be concerned that it might be a burial zone. Here you have three. So for some reason, Allah Sina is that three only hurts you if it's three that were known from before or three completely new ones. But if it's a mix and match, one new one, two from before, two new ones, one from before, that type of three does not create an area, does not, and you can move them. He says, again, what's, it's Allah Sina is this. Maizah Rabbi Yeshavah, there's a story with Rabbi Yeshavah, Shabbatak, Ramatzah, Shnaim Yeduim, came across a situation where there were two known corpses buried in the area. One they found from a new. So he said, I got three. Three is, I got now to worry about a, uh, a cemetery. He wanted to change it into a, a, a burial zone. All the efforts that you made with the measuring, it's really not, not, uh, it was a waste of time, right? Because, oh, why? Why? Because we only established something as a burial zone. Either if it's three, if it's three, it had to be three that are known from before or three new. But mixing and matching does not make it into a burial zone. Again, what's the logic? Even one known from before, that's the way. When you got three, that's the halacha Moshe Misina. Let's go on. So not learners for Sosa. So we said that where you, uh, where, where it's not a burial zone, but it was a Jewish, uh, uh, funeral, a Jewish grave, uh, you have to, when, when you do remove it, not only are you removing the body, but you have to remove the surrounding dirt as well. So what's, uh, what exactly, how do you define this dirt that surrounds it? So Amr of Yehuda, Amr Kro, he says like this, actually, question over here, the Lashon of Nazir, Nazir, Nazir is, 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 he's actually not, not asking what it is, he's asking where the source from it is. Where is there a scriptural source that 
you, that you need to not only move the body, but what else do you have to move? You have to move the dirt around it. So he says, when Yaakov Avinu was instructing Yosef that he should take his body after he dies and move it to Mitzrayim, he said over there, Venasasani mim Mitzrayim, you'll take me from Egypt. So what he understood it is, mim Mitzrayim means of Egypt. Take me with part of Egypt as well. What do you mean take me with part of Egypt as well? Means take me to Imi, take mim Mitzrayim to Imi, take with me part of Egypt. Now the, the, uh, the acronym as the Kasha is just, but Yaakov Avinu wasn't buried in Egypt. Okay. How could that be the source? But it doesn't mean, but when he was instructing him, he never knew. If they're going to have to bury me and then you have a chance to remove me, make sure you take part of it. Even though that's not what ended up happening, but the bottom line is, if it would have happened, that's what you have to do so we can bring that as a source that the, the Tfusa has to be removed. The Kamashir Tfusa, what exactly is the amount of Tfusa? That there's Tfusa Pirish Rabbi Lazar, take away the Brevi because we don't make a contradiction with the next. So it's actually as much, but this is an explanation. It could be the Rabbi Lazar, the Amora. Notal Afartichuach, you take the loose earth. The, the loose earth, the chofer of Sula, and the virgin earth, you go down Gimelot's about three fingers deep that has been removed. Because again, because we're afraid of the fluids that might have seeped out of the body, that's what you have to worry about. The loose earth, and even the earth that's untouched, the virgin earth, at three fingers deep, there was absorption from the fluids of the body. Mesevei, the Gemara has the following question, the Kamashir Tfusa, the one from a following Brisa. It says in the Brisa, Pirish Rebeloza Bar Now this is Rebeloza Bar the Tana. He says, Notalas Akismin, he says that if the body was buried in a coffin, and that coffin is disintegrated, so you have now chips of wood, the Esaksosos, and you have clods of dirt, large pieces of dirt, both which could be absorbed with seepage, from the uh, from the body, zorakas avadoim. You take those, you put those separate, and the th- the pieces that are there that you know for sure had no absorption, pieces that were, had nothing to do with the body and not part of the maze, you can throw away. Miniach as asvekos, and those parts that you're not sure about, did they have the absorption from the maze or not? You have to put them aside because you have to worry them that they might be tame. And what the rest of what you know for sure is the body and parts of the body that had absorption that had from the body, parts that had absorption from the body. So Mitzarev, they will combine. Now the Grot takes out the next line. The Rov Binyanos from Mace, the Rov Atzamos, there's concept of that you have most of the height of the mace or most of the bones, 125 of the bones. He says that has nothing to do with this over here because what does that have to do? So he says, but Lamale Tarvan, there is what you have a ladle full of uh, disintegrated mace that creates a tumor, so that what's left will uh, be can, can can be counted towards the ladle full of disintegrating corpse, right? And uh, but the bottom line is that's what he says. He doesn't say that you need to go three tochim deep into the soil. So where did the Amora Rabbi Lozer come up with this idea when it's going against the Taner of Lozer Matzadok who says that he does not say you have to go three Tvachim into this uh, virgin soil. What did you say, Adam? Uh, three Esfah, I thought it was. What, I, I, I say Esfah, three fingers, right? Three fingers, right. Into the soil. So the says like this. 
is going like the following. like the following So what is the shear of the soil around the body that has to be taken with the body? said the name of the Tana Ben Azai, you take the loose earth, and you dig down Sula, the virgin earth, Shalosh as well as three as well. So it's exactly what Rav Lazar the Amora said, but it's, even though it argues Rav Lazar for Absadak the Tana, but he has another Tana that he relies on as well. And we says, Boda Kemeno, and you check, after you find the three corpses, you check 20 Amis in directions that could lead you to another, uh, another uh, cave. Of, of corpses. Now, Amarova, Badak Ufana. What happens like this? What happens? You found one. So, what Zalacha is when you find one, they removed it and they put it in a, an existing cemetery. Then you went and checked again, or Badak, and they found a second one. Well, the second one also doesn't determine this area yet as a cemetery. And they moved that to an existing cemetery. Uvadak, and then they went back and checked again. And now they found, but the one they're finding now is a third one. Now, if they found a third one, that would now mean that this area has to be deemed a uh, cemetery. And he says, and, and, and therefore, they were not really supposed to move the first two, top of Samachem and Beis. So you weren't wrong, you, know, you weren't supposed to move the first two. Why weren't you supposed to move the first two? They were supposed to be where they are. But the halach is lo hai mafni lay. You do not remove, uh, you don't remove, uh, you don't remove this one to be with the other two. So you don't say, well, they should have been buried together. So move this one to the, to the, to the new cemetery. So therefore, lo hai mafni lay gabe hanach tray. And you don't bring back the other two. Okay, so this is the first version of what Rava said. So Rava said, listen, if you would have had them all three together, then it would have been a whole different story. But since you moved the other two, you don't bring those back, but you don't move this one there. Fine. Ika da Amri, there's another version we're going to see different. What's the second version? So Amar Rava, Kevin Shanitna Rishur's Lefanos, once you already gave permission to move the first two, so therefore, mifana uh, you're, you're allowed to remove, not only the, the, the first two are allowed to be removed, but this one means we look at it as standalone. We look at it as if you found only one. It means there's one thing you found all three together, but you didn't find all three together. Each one was judged as a single grave. Since each one is not a single grave, you can even judge the third one as a single grave, which means according to the second version, what's the halacha? Yes, you don't have to bring the back. The, third, the, one. the third, third one can be moved to be with the other two. So therefore, ask the Gemara, why are you allowed to do that? You should say, at the end of the day, the takeaway is there were three corpses buried in this area, and if there are three corpses buried in this area, therefore what? Can't move it. Shouldn't move it, and the whole area should be now worried and concerned yes. that it might be a gravesite. On this comes along, Gemara says an unbelievable thing. Amoresh Lakish. Ila Matsu 
that they searched for a loophole. They looked for a loophole in order, we don't want that the idea when it comes to these halachas, you don't want to start saying, oh, that's a burial site and that's a burial site because then you're making tome large areas of Eretz Yisrael. So if any point we can get a loophole to go ahead and say that you don't have to deal with it as a basic forest, you won't have to deal with the basic forest. And that's what's happening over here. Since each ruling is viewed standalone, so then we look at that third grave as if it's a standalone one grave. And if it's a standalone one grave, then we can move it and we don't have to declare the area into a gravesite. That's a huge leniency to be relying on. Let's go on. There's also gears of change over here, so we're going to have to read this carefully. So what is like this? So what happens if you did check your 20 amas? So you had the three. Okay, these are three. They weren't moved. Three in one place. You're now doing your due diligence. You're checking the third right now. Now, l'choramai. What's going to the halacha? Now, the, uh, the way I understood this is, what are they asking? Okay, so now, even though you never found in that 20 amas in, in any direction, but are you still concerned that it still might be happening to view it as a basic forest? Or do we say, well, if you never found it, it's not a problem, right? So one says like this, Amarav Masha Amanasha Bar Yermia Amarav Shkunas Kvarois. No, you have to deal with it as a Shkunas Kvarois. The fact that you never found anything doesn't take away from the status that that area still has to be dealt with with the laws of a burial zone, as a grave, of a, a, a cemetery. Now, the next few wor- lines, the rushes take out, because it doesn't make sense. Because the next few lines quotes again Reish Lakish, he says, this was a loophole that was found from Eretz Yisrael. Says the rush, what are we talking about a stringency. A loophole is when you found a leniency. So to say is that you have to deal with this area as a graveside, that's actually the opposite of finding a, a loophole or a leniency. And therefore he says those lines should be removed. And we will go now to the next Mishnah. Okay. Now, the next mission again, nothing to do with Nazir, but it has to do with the idea that if there's been a legal presumption, the assumption is that you're making now is based on what the Raglan Ladov, or what was the assumption that was made before. Now, just as a little bit of an uh, uh, introductory uh, lesson concerning the laws of Tsaras. The laws of Tsaras is if a person comes to the Kohen and he has some kind of uh, discoloration, he has some kind of sore on his uh, on his body there there's three elements there's three components in terms of confirming him as a Metzora. Number one, the size. It has to be the size of a gris. It's a bean that 36 hairs could fit into. So it's that size. It's the size of a gris. It's called a gris. Number two, there has to be raw flesh. In the middle, the flesh it looks looks raw. Okay. And number three, there has to be two hairs that have changed their color and now become white. Right? They have to come back. Now, what happens if the person is only exhibiting the size of a gris, but he doesn't have the secondary characteristics? He doesn't have, there's no hair in there that turned white, and there's no raw flesh necessarily in there, but he has the size, this coloration, the size of a gris. So in such a case, he cannot be deemed a confirmed mitzora, a mitzora muchlat, but he is confirmed a musgar, he's quarantined. And there's halachas of Tumah that apply, he's a quarantined mitzora. Now what the halacha is, he goes away, he's quarantined, actually he has to go for one week. 
comes back. Now, the issue is as follows. So, is he Tomei? Could he make someone Tomei? Yes, you got the Mamas. Ain Ben, you learn Megillah. You got Ain Ben, Mechatorah, Muchlag, Mechatorah, Elataglach, Mechatorah. The only difference is he doesn't have to, if he comes, to, if he's Tahor, he doesn't need to get the, uh, he doesn't have to get shaved, full body shaved, he doesn't bring the birds. But for that duration of time, he is Tomei. I'm, I'm sorry, very aggressive. Yeah. Yes. Almost yeah. at the end of the yes. Acceptance. So like if he, if someone came into contact with them, would they be Tomei? hundred percent. And then what at the end that he becomes... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He is Tomei. He is deemed as Tomei and he has to go Mechutz Lamachane. It's not just a sub. He's considered to be Tomei. No, no. So I touch this guy. And then he comes out there a week later he goes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't help. At so that, that week... For you're Tommy. You're Tommy like you touched a Mitzorah. <laughs> now, he walks into a house. But okay. like okay. Mitzorah. Now, the point is like this. So, so what happens, happens retroactively then? Right. So now, what happens have, a week later? I, I'm stuck with what happened during that week. Okay, right. Although he goes free at the following week when he's discovered. Right. Now, how does he go free? If he wants to go, he goes a week later. Now, here, the, the scenario is as follows. If the size gets bigger, irrespective of the fact that you did not have the two secondary... Uh, signs, he is because from a Muzgar to a Mukhla, confirmed. Alright? It doesn't get better. If it gets worse. It gets worse. If it stays the same, he walks free. It doesn't even have to get better, okay? So now, clear with me now. Now the case we're going to have over here is the following. Although he is dealt with that he is Tomei, but he hasn't been confirmed as being Tomei, right? So it's going to make a difference. Let's say, I'm going to speak out the case. Let's say two guys show up. One guy shows the Kohen that he is, that he has the size of a gris. That's the size, required size. No other secondary characteristics, but the size of a gris. The other guy shows up, and his is actually the size of a cellar. Cellar is a larger amount than a gris. Both of them are quarantined. Okay? Now what happens is, maybe they looked alike, I'm not sure, they come back to the Kohen a week later, the Kohen cannot tell the difference. I don't remember which was the guy that originally had a gris, which was the guy that originally had the cellar. But what happens is, in this particular case, what happened was, is they both now have a cellar. So one guy bigger and one didn't. So one guy stayed... The guy who stayed the same, actually, what should be the rule with that guy? He's Tahar. The other guy is something. Since neither one... Since neither one was actually confirmed, we go Lakula. We go Lakula because there has not been a... They both get to walk. Because the suffix in this case is dealt with leniently. All right? Everybody with me? So in this case, we go Lakula. Right? You hear the case, Ira? Yeah, yeah. Now, however, what happens in a different case? Let's say, same scenario. One guy, two guys showed up. One guy had a, 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 a gris. One guy had a cellar. And they both showed up. Again, he couldn't tell the difference between them. But they both now have a size larger than a cellar. So it really doesn't make a difference because both of them, it's grown. The cellar went to larger, the cellar, the grist went all the way. So they're both Tommy. Now, and so they both consider Tommy. Now, what would normally happen? In order to lose your tumor, it has to go back to what the original size was. If it goes back to the original size, then it's okay. So now, so b- bottom line, after a week, they're both Tommy. 
couple of weeks go by, they both think it's getting better, they both show up to the Kohen. Now both of them are going back to a cellar. Now both are going back to a cellar, the guy is a grist, it's not helping him because he hasn't gone back to a grist. The guy that's thought of a cellar should be taught, but he doesn't know the difference over here. In this case, since one, they, they both were confirmed, they're coming with the presumption of, that in this case you go to Chumrah and they both are still Tommy. I guess the only way you're going to get off is they go back to a grist. But, uh, so therefore you see the difference. One is when there's a legal presumption that started off with, that we, we don't, we don't, neither of them were confirmed, then we go Lakula. But we start with a presumption that one, that, 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 that there was, they were both confirmed, and now you're trying to remove, then you go Lakhumra. I thought they used to mark it though. I thought that was part there's of the circle so someone must address right. that. Right. There is, there is, there is a, an opinion that says that as well, but clearly yeah, that's not what happened over yeah. here, because if that happened, you know, they, they ran out of Sharpies that day. I don't know, but... Okay, so let's see. So call Sovik Negoyim Batchila. It was a Sovik Negoyim, but it's Batchila. Batchila means it, neither one was confirmed. You started off with a Sovik. So it was only a quarantine situation. The way we spoke about where it was one, one, uh, one grist and one uh, was a cellar, uh, and neither one was confirmed. And then what happened was they both now had a cellar. So one's okay, one's not okay. Tahor. In such a case, we, both of them can go home being tahor. Because they had not been confirmed. Since neither one was confirmed as being vade tame, you can go leniently. But if they had been confirmed, and now the question is how to shake off, and you have a suffix, one of them should be okay, one of them is not. In that case, what do you do? Sveika, the suffix is tame. Clear the two cases? Fine. Now, where do you know that if it wasn't confirmed, then the suffix can be dealt with leniently, but if it's confirmed, the suffix has to be dealt with stringently. The choral, what, where do we see that? It needs a source, because it's not, it's not just an automatic spora, you would assume. So, Amar of Yehuda, Amar Rav, Amar Kro, because if you take a look at the parasha that Zos Torahs Negat Saras, it says, Lataro Latamo. It says that this is the law of the Kohen that comes to either purify him or declare him as Tameh. What does it put first? Tahor. Ta- so therefore, Taro, therefore they tell you you should, the, the, the first, you should lean to Tahor before you can make him Tameh. Right? Since it uses Tahor first, so therefore, that's where you lean towards. And one says, one second. The positive doesn't say clearly, are we talking about we have been confirmed or where he had been quarantined. So then, if that's what you're relying on, in both cases then, what should be the din when it's a suffix? You should make him tahar. Not make it, you know, how do you see from there to make a distinction between when it's been confirmed or just quarantined? If that's the source. So what the more does like this. So he's more asks the question. Even when he has been confirmed, it should come out as if it's a suffix situation, which should be tar. We saw in the mission, it's not the case. So therefore, what the more is going to say is we don't really have, we don't know what the source is for our Mishnah. We don't have a source, but that drasha of why it says tar before tame actually was said concerning a different question, and we're going to show what the other issue is. So Ella kiit madrav Yehuda amarav ahayit more said on the following. Now we said that <coughs> the the there there is the the, the different uh, elements of a nega. There's the baheres. Baheres is the actual discoloration of the skin and there is the se'ar there is the hair that turned white now the rule is going to be 
is that in order for it to have the elements that are necessary to make the Mitzorah Tomei, the Beheres has to come first, and only then does the hair turn white. But if the hair turned white first, and then around it grew the Beheres, that's not considered to be Saras. Now what happens if you don't know? You're just showing the final product. You don't know which one came first. There's going to be you go lenient. How do we know that? That's what the word Tahor means. For that scenario, that's where you go lenient. So not the case of our Mishnah, but it's for the case where you don't know if the hair turned white before the Beheret grew or after the Beheret grew. So Allah is a wizard. It, it, uh, therefore, Rabbi Yehuda Amar Rav Aha Itmar. In Beheret's Kodmolus Se'ar Laban. If the Beheret's discoloration came before the hair turning white, that's Tomei. But in Se'ar Laban Kodmolus Beheret's, but if the, uh, the turning of the white came before the discoloration, it's, to, uh, it's Tahor. Safek, what if you're not sure? So the Tanakama says, Tame. So we're going to see, we're not going like the Tanakama. But the Tanakama says, if you're not sure which way it works, you have to declare him as Tame. Comes on the Yeshua Amar Kiyo. Kiyo means, oh, we look at it like it's dimmed. We look at it like it's light. Like the thing is light. It's not, it's not, it's not dark enough to make you Tame. When it says, my Kiyo, what do you mean Kiyo? What does it mean that it's light? It's faint, it's, it's faint, it's become lightened. So Amar of Yehudi means, Kiyo means Betohar. He means that it's Tahor. The suffix scenario, you have to deal with like it's Tahor. On that, the Gemara asks, again, the wording is difficult. Maybe it should be viewed as light and it should be Tameh. What the Rishonim speak on? The Gemara says, why? Why are you assuming in a case of suffix, can you say, I don't know which one came first. Why do you assume that it's Tahor? I understand it goes stringent. Why go lenient? On that, Amr Rabbi Yudam Rav, it's based on the Pasuk. Amr Kra, Letaro Letamo. That it says to make him Tahor, to make him Tameh. Since it uses the Tahor first, you jump to Tahor. But what case it's talking about? It's not talking about our case where you don't know which size, which one size went down. It's talking about the case of did the hair come before the Bahara, so we come after, that's what it's talking about, and that's the case, you go talk. Okay, Jem, we'll stop over here, we'll continue with this and finish up tomorrow. Okay, so what's the plan? So we've got some stuff tomorrow?